Hey guys, this is Kyle and Lauren with Steadfast Marriage Podcast. Listen, we want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Would you do us a favor and share this podcast on your social platform? Lauren and I want to get this content into as many homes as possible. And our promise to you is that all conversation will be Christ-centered and authentic as we talk all things marriage, parenting, and personal finances. So let's get started. Welcome to episode three of the Steadfast Marriage Podcast. We are absolutely thrilled that you have taken time out of your day to listen in on this episode. We missed last week. We were dropping like flies around here, weren't we, babe? Yes. <laughs> all the kids were sick. <laughs> it started with uh, with one, and before we knew it, all three of them had a, uh, a virus. It was not COVID. Everyone was tested. We're good. Thank the Lord. He provided his protection there. But today, we want to talk about uh, communication issues within the marriage. Communication issues within your marriage. And here's here's the reality, that we all communicate as human beings and especially as married couples, we all communicate, but not everybody communicates well. And so today we're going to talk about a number of ways that you can improve uh, the communication between you and your spouse. Yeah, and the first part we'd like to start with is meaningful discussion. One thing you can ask yourselves, you know, are you communicating and really meeting the hearts um, of your spouse, or are you just busy operating as a family unit or coexisting? Uh, maybe your kids are young and all you're talking about right now is the kids and what they're up to and the sports and going here and there. And, um, you know, little Susie has a cough or yeah. whatever it could be, right? Um, or if your kids are grown and you've lost that uh, commonality yeah. there and you are now talking less and less because it always did revolve around the kids. And now that the kids are grown and they don't need you as much, now you've lost that communication factor. I remember when we went on a date, this was probably a year, maybe a year into uh, our oldest son, Bentley, uh, being born. And we were on our first date and we sat down and about 20 minutes into the date, we realized, wow, we have sat here and talked about nothing but, uh, but Bentley. And he's only, he was only six or nine months old at the time. And you realize how easy it is. So listen, we're talking about uh, busy operating as a family unit. Listen, if you know, uh, if you have multiple kids, uh, especially in sports ages or, or girls and, and dance recitals or all the different things that go on there, you know how easy it is. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's, uh, it's a negative uh, intention there. It just happens. Life happens. You're busy doing and serving and loving and giving every opportunity you can to your kids. But with that, uh, you can run into some some potential uh, pitfalls for sure. Now, we've got something we do uh, every anniversary. I'll let Lauren share on that. Yes. One thing he's always made me do from year one, and at first I would laugh and now I come to expect it, you know, but if you know Kyle, you know that he's going to ask you questions that make you think. And so we're on our first anniversary and he's, he asked me, okay, well, what did I do well this year? Did I love you well this year? And that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm like, well, first year in, probably I don't even know that I had any anything to say, right? And then, you know, and then we vice versa, you know, I'd ask him the same thing. And then after that, we would talk about, okay, well, what could we do better this year? Yeah. And it's 
for each other. Yeah. You know, how can I better serve you? How could I um, meet your needs or help you or whatever it is? And obviously, you know, we'll be married 11 years in um, July. And the, as the years go on and the kids <laughs> are growing, you have a lot more to talk about on these regards. Like, wow, you know, what could I do better for you? Or yeah. this is what I see I could do better. Uh, maybe, maybe that's not the case. Maybe yeah. you think I was doing awesome in that category and, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but that's a topic of discussion. And I love that it's not only um, come down to our anniversary time, but sometimes even just on our random dates, we use those questions. So if there's a time where you feel like you just don't know what to talk about, maybe ask those questions, get a little deep. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. And listen, we're going to talk about this uh, in one of the next points, but it's critical to when you ask your spouse a question, just listen, just, just listen. Don't, don't listen for uh, the ability to respond. Don't listen to have a rebuttal if it's an answer that you don't like. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're forging communication, right? right. It may not be comfortable, right? But we go and now uh, to your point, we've been married 11 years. What you see is when we have these discussions, whether it's our anniversary dinner each year or or a date, we'll often go back to, hey, remember last year we talked about this, or uh, last year at our anniversary you wanted to, ha- you had this dream, or you know, we were really, uh, really trying to, to grow in this area. And, you know, and then you can reflect, well, how did, how did we do on that? It's right. not necessarily, what do you think? It's, Hey, we talked about it. How do you think we did this year? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about, you know, what we could do for each other. It's, it's also, you know, what's our common goal? What did we accomplish? Did yeah. we, did we meet those yeah. goals? Uh, what else could we continue to strive for? It's like, it's like a highlight reel. It's fun. It's just, it gets you excited. It gets you talking and it gets you throughout the year being able to focus on something together. That's yours. Yeah. Um, it gives you, it's almost like a little secret that you both have that it's, you know, throughout the year you have this, goal that you're working towards or something that you're wanting to do. And you can continue, you know, talking about it throughout the year and reminding each other and it's fun. Yeah, it's good. That's good. All right. We're going to talk about the next thing. And this is one that is very, uh, it's very critical, often overlooked. Mm. Um, many of us are aware of it. Um, in in some cases, others are are completely oblivious. So if you are on the other side of this, (laughs) uh, uh, radio or phone or wherever you're at, and you are oblivious to this, we're going to help you out. We're going to talk about understanding nonverbal cues, right? Guys, listen, here's the deal. We all know when you come home or it's been a rough day and you ask your wife, hey, how's everything? Or maybe you know you kind of did something that you probably shouldn't have done and you ask, hey, is everything okay? And she says, yes, or I'm fine. We all know that doesn't mean she's fine, right? And we can pick up <laughs> on that body language. But but there's other times too in the day-to-day when when your, your spouse may be going through different things. So um, nonverbal communication, the cues are, are critical. Yeah, I think it's all about body language and learning each other's body language. Um, You know, I think Kyle is really great with this. He knows more so even when I... I don't even know about myself. And then you kind of point things out and I realize, oh yeah, I guess I have been a little um, upset today and I didn't even realize it. Or, you know, I was just aloof or whatever it might be. And you've kind of pointed it out to me. Um, But, you know, 
husbands, when your wife has been home all day, and this is obviously coming from the wife's perspective, and yeah. I'm a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> so I, I get it, but even if your wife has been out working all day, this can be the same thing. If, if it's been a busy day and you know that, maybe something you could do is just think ahead and expect the fact that it was a really busy, long day. Maybe she got home from work late, or maybe you just expect that the kids were wild and busy, and um, you know, so maybe you take dinner tonight or you, you know, do takeout or whatever it is, but you lighten that burden without her even having to ask. I think it's something about not having to ask. It actually does just take a weight off because women most of the time are not going to ask for help. They're just going to do it. That's what we do. Um, But the problem is women, I think we can all agree that sometimes that can make us bitter. Mm -hmm. If we are expecting our husbands to pick up on something and that's not fair to them either. It's not fair to expect that he's going to read your mind, yeah. that you're frustrated. He has no idea. Yeah, and to that point, uh, when we've kind of talked about this in the last episode or two, is unspoken expectations will be unmet 100% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So it may seem obvious to you, male or female, right, depending on what the expectation is or what you're uh, hoping or anticipating your spouse to do. It may seem obvious, but unless you speak that, right, unless you speak that, it's never going to be met. So, and then in turn, to Lauren's point, you're talking about bitter feelings or frustration. And what that does is it draws a further divide, a further wedge in between your marriage and gives root to something completely uh, completely unhealthy. I love that you talk about you know taking uh, taking dinner for a night. Listen, my go-to, I can't cook worth a <laughs> lick. I don't even pretend unless it's on the grill. My go-to is what? Eggs. Eggs. Eggs and bacon. Come on. You could have breakfast every night. Every night. I can take care of dinner every night if I can do eggs, bacon, and toast. Okay. But that's what I got. Listen, the other side of it, send her out for tea, send her out for, uh, um, you know, to go get her nails done or send her out for just a quick, Hey, go, go take a 10 minute drive, you know, and, and listen to some music, just something to allow her to clear her mind, uh, to, to, to de-stress, decompress, uh, whatever, whatever it may be in that regard. And, and when Lauren and I were first married, this took a long time for me, uh, because as guys, we, we internalize, right? If you are a lot like me and most, most males are, we, we don't necessarily, uh, vomit our emotions all the time. A lot of us are very open. A lot of us are see what you see is what you get. But when it comes to our emotional side, we hold it in. And so it's very important that you allow your 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 spouse to pull some of those things out of you. Mm-hmm. It, it's very important that you, you I would say, test those waters, right? right. It, it's, it's not natural. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, you would hold it in or you wouldn't we couldn't address things because you were just dealing with it yourself. Um, But I've learned that I can see when you're overwhelmed or you're just something is off with you and just asking the questions and not just, are you okay? And then waiting for the answer. It's more of, okay, I know there's something wrong. What's bothering you and just making the answer come. And it's uncomfortable. I think probably for you in the beginning, but over time you're used to me asking. Um, But it's, it's, It's not taking it at face value too. So if you are sensing something is wrong based on their nonverbal cue, then push the envelope a little bit, you know, push a little bit to get the answer because you can just take it at face value and say, okay, well, they said everything was fine, but deep down, maybe they're really hoping you're going to ask again, or maybe they're just really hoping that you could talk about it. They just don't know how, and you have to be patient in that. You have to allow that to happen over time. And I'll say this, it's going to 
going to be uncomfortable if you're not used to this, uh, if you're not used to having uh, intentional, uh, meaningful conversation. It will be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable because it doesn't flow naturally. Um, you're asking, you know there's something there, or your husband's asking something from you. He knows there's something there. But the more you do it, the more you you strengthen this this arm, if you will, of your marriage, it will become very natural. Guys, listen, some very, very practical uh, conversation starters or questions that you can ask your spouse, you know, how do you feel today? How are you feeling? Not like, hey, are you feeling good or bad? But how are you feeling? What is your emotional state? Uh, what what can I do to, to lift some of your burdens? Uh, is there anything that, that is currently my responsibility? Am I, am I doing anything, babe, that I'm, I'm not necessarily doing well, that I can do better for you? Right. Well, and even if there's something that is not necessarily your responsibility, but is there something that I am not doing that you were hoping that I would yeah. or you were expecting me to do, um, you know, it's just little conversation starters that can kind of open up a huge door of communication there. And for women, you need to encourage your husband. You don't tear them down. The the thing I think that when we are trying to get a point across, sometimes we can skirt on the edge of tearing them down saying, you do this. You always do this. You're this. Well, that's not going to open any communication. That's going to shut them up and they're going to not want to talk to you. And, And listen, ladies, okay. You love your your spouses. A lot of the frustration may come from just a a desire for a need to be met, whether you're tearing him down to his face or tearing him down to your friends. That Mm -hmm. is equally as wrong. Okay, so you need to build up in every regard. Now, granted, if there is something that you are genuinely frustrated with or that you're having difficulty breaking through to get your point across or to get them to understand, then the communication needs to be directly with him and you need to bring up that issue. But when you're bringing that up, right? Like Kyle said, don't go to your friends and discuss it. You need to go directly to him. But when you bring it up, just say, you know what? I'm feeling this way. This is hard for me to bring up to you because I, I don't know how we can fix it, but I wish we could do something to work on it is, would you be willing to talk through this with me and bring it up that way? Because I understand, I mean, things, not every relationship is going to be the same. Not every relationship is going to look like ours. And we completely get that. But at the same time, you can, do a few things to kind of put a buffer in place. So you're not tearing them down and you're not hurting the communication even more. And don't, don't, don't despise, don't despise the uncomfortable moment, right? A lot of the times this initial conversation or, or going to uh, your spouse to talk about a need that is met or not met or, or just how you're feeling in that day, it can be an uncomfortable moment that can lead to great, health in terms of your communication within your marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So it may be uncomfortable just because it hasn't been done enough, but don't don't despise the the uncomfortable moment there. Right. And you know, even those responses, if their response catches you by surprise, it can be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, even if they, you know, maybe they're, maybe they have a defense mechanism up and you have to break through that wall. It's okay to break through that wall slowly and patiently and and not allow it to get to a heated point of discussion, but just maybe take a break and address it again the next day. If, if you notice things are starting to, yeah. to fire up, um, you know, you really do need to, to take a break, walk away, and then maybe address it again. I mean, there's there are some real 
things that could cause arguments that you don't want to do. You're just trying to open up those lines of communication. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Point three, we're going to talk about communication or communicating with your spouse uh, while you're processing emotions. And, And this can be emotions due to a conflict within your marriage. This can be emotions due to um, uh, situations that are external to your marriage, okay? Uh, Job situations, situations with friends, coworkers, maybe the death of a loved one, you name it, okay? Here's what's important, absolutely critical to know. You and your spouse will most likely process uh, emotions differently. Okay. You will process when, when Lauren and I first got married, she is a head on. Let's deal with it right now. There's something there. I'm feeling something, or I see you're feeling something. Let's talk about it and clear the air. I don't want to waste them another minute. And that is a great virtue for me. Kind of like what we talked about a few moments ago is I internalize. I have to get my head around it first. I have to um, make sense of it in my own mind. And then I'm able to talk about it. So understand the fact that you and your spouse may process differently, but you can process differently and still love your spouse well enough to communicate in the way that they they need the need to be met, right? So what does that look like for you and I? Well, like you said, you process on your own. So I give you that freedom to do, but then we do come back together. And that's the important part is you have over time been able to come back together and talk about it with me. And it doesn't actually take you as long as it used to. Um, You know, maybe it's just a few minutes where you just walk away, you know, think about it, pray about it, and then you come back together and we can talk about it. But, you know, that's on an internal conflict. Um, If it was between the two of us, I think that was, that would be what you do. If it's an external conflict, I think it takes, it's a little longer to crack. I think it takes you a little bit longer for, for you to just break down what it actually is that, that's going on. Um, yeah. And I'll say, I'll say this, and this is kind of just a, a one-off husbands. This is, listen, as the spiritual head of your household, I want to speak directly to you as a husband. When you are dealing with conflict internal to you and your spouse or external, it doesn't matter when you are dealing with some sort of emotional conflict, I want to encourage you and, and, and challenge you in some regard to be very careful with the words that you speak um, because the words that you speak into uh, the atmosphere within your marriage, whether it's negativity, hate, anger, frustration, or whatever, you, you can you can unknowingly give root to something in your spouse's heart, right? And, and what I mean by that is this. Let's say I'm dealing with an issue with a coworker, or I'm dealing with an issue uh, with a family member, and and in a, in, in a moment, I'm frustrated or I, I'm angry because of how I was treated or something that was done to me unfairly. And in that moment, I spew anger. What I'm doing because my my spouse is my what? You're my defender, right? You right. naturally want to protect your spouse. What can happen in that moment is that now my spouse, in this case, as my defender, she takes up a root of bitterness or anger against whoever I'm frustrated with in the moment. And I may be able to forgive them in a second, but now I have for, I have putting bitterness into your heart right right so husbands be very very careful in that in that i think regard. that goes to wives too i don't think that only has to be a husband. yeah that's a good point you know i mean i think that's something that everybody should be practicing no matter who you are yeah, yeah. you know be be quick 
quick to listen, slow to speak, right? Ecclesiastes chapter four, uh, verse nine says, two are better than one, right? Because they have a good reward for their toil. It goes on to say, if they fall, one will lift up the fellow. And it says, again, if two lie uh, lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? The, the bottom line is this, two are better than one. Two are better than one. You are in a God-ordained marriage. There is an attack on your marriage every day, whether you believe it or not. There are spiritual forces that would love to to tear down uh, what God has brought together. Lean on each other, mm-hmm. right? Lean yes. on each other in the moments of, of conflict. Lean on each other in the emotional moments and the stressful moments. And don't be afraid to go through those uncomfortable aspects of communication that can ultimately lead to a very healthy uh, healthy marriage. It will forge an emotional intimacy. Right. Right. So a couple of takeaways, three takeaways. Give them to them, Laura. All right. So the first one, you'll create intentional time without distraction just to talk to each other, talk about your days, your nights, whatever it is, um, and have that time. Number two, look for the nonverbal cues and then be able to talk on those nonverbal cues. And number three, give freedom to process as needed, but love your spouse well enough to communicate that best meets his or her needs. Good stuff. Guys, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast Marriage Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next one.